if you believe this radio show, where professional and social relationships are transformed. Every Tuesday from 1 to 2 Pacific Standard Time, we're going to be broadcasting live, bringing you strategy, relationship information tips for a more healthy lifestyle. We're also on Thursdays on Sirius Radio, powered by Genius Music at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Every week, we'll give you a generational perspective and real-world opinions. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Stella, and welcome to the show. Um, we have a really exciting show today, and it is, it's concerning how animated characters mold your children's relationships. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a princess. You know, when we could talk about Humpty Dumpty, and we're going to talk about all these different these Out of characters. all of the characters you thought of, Humpty so Dumpty. Had a great fall or with that Jack and Jill. I mean, it was like, what, they went up the hill? I mean, all these horrible things. But anyway, this is a little bit serious in how, we, how, how, we, how these characters may be really affecting us. And we're also going to have a person on our show, a great, great guest. His name is Early Jackson Jr. Yes. He is with the Great Black Speakers Bureau. He is a director there. But Early has a unique story. He's been a social activist of empowerment. And he is just an excellent person and has a lot of good books and information to share. Yes, he does. I'm very excited to have Early on. And I think that he has... A perspective that's going to be fun um, for all of us to hear about. I mean, yeah, and his book actually is about animated characters, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that book plays out and how well it does because we know it is. But, Jay, yes, guess what? What is that? I just have to change the subject a little bit. To how I'm hungry? That's no. <laughs> and I talk, can't have taco Tuesdays? We're going to talk about your, your eating. But I just thought, what did you think about the Super Bowl? Let, let's talk two okay, different areas. Okay, let's First, let's talk game. Okay. And then let's talk later uh, entertainment. Okay. You. So what, what do you want to know first? What do you think about the game, Jay? You know... To be honest, I don't watch sports that much because I get too excited. And I saw that I always say I'm not into sports, but it was um, plain to see that somebody recorded me during the show, and I went a little cray. So um, I, you know, I, I dig both teams. I was happy that I mean I wanted the Panthers because I love their colors. I know that sounds so girly, um, and I dig North Carolina. But then again, I wanted the Broncos as well. So I was kind of in that in between because yeah. I was happy yeah. that you know the quarterback deserved that one too. Well, I was. Uh, you know, I love all the teams, but I love mm-hmm. the Broncos. I mean, the Denver Broncos, my cousin played for them, Borny Chavis. Oh, that's Barney. true. Yeah, that's you true. Know. Oh, okay, so, so I can't go against the family. So, so yay, Broncos. Then, um, you know, a lot of my dear people that I love are from Colorado. So I, I You mean Carolina? <laughs> no, Colorado, Denver no. Broncos. Oh, I thought you were talking about the no, other, but no. you kept talking about, oh, okay, I'm no. sorry. So, I totally, I, so I totally love the Broncos. <laughs> so as far as the game, I thought the game was a, um, a, a okay game. I thought I, I kind of knew Denver would kind of win. Did you? Yeah. See, I was I was yeah. thinking that. Well, I, I thought that they would win, but I thought in the beginning that North Carolina would have tore it up for a second, and then they just went crazy at the end. So I was a little bit wrong. No, but I think after the game, yeah, or actually, the first half of the game, the middle part of the game with entertainment, that was really exciting. Okay. And let me tell you what. Tell me what happened. I'm old school, right? All right. So when they started playing some, you know. Bruno Mars started dancing, and then he threw some James Brown in there and some of those JBs. Excited, like, I got excited. I got excited. Because I was like, wait. And then here's Beyonce dancing. Now, Beyonce. there was a lot of symbolism in that. What do you mean? I mean, I think she was just doing different letters. 
<laughs> a lot of symbolism, a lot of controversial symbolism. So this brings us back to our subject before. Okay. What is this? Your is brand? It, is it important? Okay. Does does what you do mm-hmm. on stage affect your brand? And when do you put those messages out? Even though they may be like, remember the Madonna concert where Madonna got up there and she said to uh, like an angel and she was praying. We oh, like a to, prayer. Like she, like prayer. And she was praying. We thought to the devil because she had black on. I mean, that, that was pretty was, hardcore, though. That was pretty... I Madonna, mean, that was hardcore. I got to admit, <laughs> we got to get you on the show because I want to know about that, okay? You know, so my point speculation. Is, That's all I'll Beyonce, say. beautiful black woman, mm-hmm. had her sisters in the background with beautiful afros. I know. Wasn't I that love that was they, beautiful. I love, see, this is what I'm looking at, the positive. I love that they represented our natural hair and how beautiful we are and how we can I would have been like Beyonce. Move. I'm not going to And lie. I love the way Bruno Mars threw out some old schools and ooh. And you know, Coldplay did well too. Like, it, I mean, it, and that's why I said on my Facebook hashtag ice cream sandwich because you noticed the end that there was the two chocolate and Coldplay was it. the middle. Coldplay I love the good. mix. I thought it was good, and I love the way um, they had a message. Either for um, uh, they also had a message of for, love, of love, and I thought that was important because love no matter love. what that that sandwich, all of us make a good. <laughs> Bite of I mean, who doesn't like an ice cream sandwich? <laughs> I, I mean, who doesn't? I, I know I could take one right about now, Diane. Cream coffee, whatever you want. It's okay. It's love everybody. I loved it. <laughs> so all the other stuff about the at Malcolm X, and, and if anyone knows the story about Malcolm X, it was a really good ending at the end of Malcolm X. I mean, he, the man had a revelation when he went and became a Muslim. So there was a good ending. But whatever you, you know, the power and all that, show was good that's show, my opinion that's yeah my opinion is it was a good show you know the thing is, is i think that there's there was a lot of symbolism and i've noticed though that a lot of artists are pacified um during because they have to represent a brand for so long i have so many people that are that are friends of mine that are artists and they're they're pacified to represent a brand rather than themselves and sometimes when people get a little bit of money um, or a little more power, for example, Beyonce and even Pink, they change their styles to reflect who they are. So maybe what we saw was really what Beyonce's always wanted to represent, and she's just showing her 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 strength. Maybe people are reading more into it than what it is. Personally, she has a lot of people of diverse colors that are her friends. Her yes. best friend happens to be a white girl. Coldplay is a... You know, I don't, wife, she's right, not against anyone of color. I think she's just very proud of what she is, and you should be. But you know what? Let's bring that point up, too. Okay. So, like, you go to a lot of shows, right? Like, um, a lot of shows, and you see, if you saw a, a crowd full of, you know, Anglo girls dancing, would people say anything? Why would people say anything? Because there's all that... I think it's like the Malcolm X and the power. I don't know. The Ma- I didn't... I, did she do a power... Well, you know, we ain't going, no matter what, the show was... Bottom line, the I sh- just listened to the dances. I didn't listen to the word, the lyrics. I didn't listen to the and, lyrics. And her hair was just blowing. It was on point. That's another subject. How can Beyonce's hair blow when there's no wind? My friend Naja brought that up. And she said, everybody else's hair was in steel and hers was blowing. Like, well, you she did do? have some froze on that froze. Did she have a small fan in there that just kind of She may have. Yeah, girl, I need that fan. Let me have my blowing. She blow. so pretty. I was, I was very proud of her. I liked her outfit because I like that whole black leather thing going. I'm not going to wear that. But Coldplay <laughs> and all of them, they did a fantastic job. And, and Bruno Mars, he is just so rhythmic. I love him, the way he moves. He, he's awesome. You know, he, he, I could definitely see that he can put on a good show. Yeah, totally good. I would love it. And you know, someone said they went to see him, and it is a good show. So anyone has some free tickets out there, just throw them away. <laughs> we'll cover the press. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, we'll press you out. <laughs> but anyway, 
So all that controversy led up to the good the good part that, you know, she, she did it. I think, I think she job. did a great job. I think that, you know, it, it is something that you have to, like you were saying, uh, when you have, you, when you represent as a, a star, and, I, and I've seen this more happen because there was actually a star, I was, you know, I followed a couple people on Instagram and they made a comment that offended a friend of mine. And you just have to be very careful when you have this large platform and you have all this influence that you're not offending the people that are buying your records or, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I'm just such a a person that's about equality and and joining cultures that I, that I hope that that's not what you meant by it. Yeah. And that's, Um, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. And I, and I honestly, you know, it's like you said, she does have some friends and I hate when I hear people say this, but she has a best friend that is of a a different descent or ethnic, ethnic background, but that is the truth, and I just don't think that she would be any in any means trying to be racist. No, I don't Not at all. Everything. So, but it was controversy. I think it was a, a good show, and maybe those conversations. I remember Starbuck tried to have that conversation on race, and and he uh, we should have a show about it, this, and he let it go because people uh, didn't want to have that conversation. Ethnic relations. We I need see to this have happening. that conversation. We're going to have a show about this. We're going to have that conversation, and we're going to have some controversial people. Oh, in there. it's you know what? We may not get the word in, right? People don't, sometimes don't know how to listen to these talk. But we have to have a, what is it, a safe word? Like a safe popcorn. Word. I love that safe word. That's why popcorn. we have that. But anyway, I think it was good. And I think that, again, uh, this just goes back to our point before. When right. you are on stage or when on a platform, be careful of what you represent unless you want to suffer the consequences. And I think she was very confident in not wanting to do her thing. Agree. I did too. So today we're going to talk about again um, the animated characters, right? Uh, but before we go into that, we're going to talk about Jay's diet thing, right? What's yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I was in the um, the pageant and I had, um, you know, met a lot of people and I met this one person and his name is Joe and Joe has a company called New Body Today. And he's actually helping me train. So you guys can go to www.iamjacinta to see my blog about my struggles of not having tacos. And that'll be up on Fridays. And remember, um, we're getting to a good time of the year. If you're a Christian, if you're my Muslim sisters and brothers, maybe not. But and but and just whatever you are, whatever you are, we're still getting to a point where in February we're going to start. Mardi Gras and, and and Lent and all those things where you give up all the Mardi Gras. You do the bad stuff before, and that's when you, the Mardi Gras is the last celebration before is you it? give it all up. You didn't know that? Girl, no. So now is the time. So we do it in New Orleans. Oh, wait. No, so, to, so, so Jay, Joe, Jay started um, too early. Actually. Joe, I have to wait. I have to have tacos. No, Jay started too early. <laughs> she was, <laughs> you're supposed to start at Lent. So uh, whatever that resolution or whatever that thing you're going to give up, you know, um, it's getting close to the time. So Jay started early, and I and I, and I, if, if she gets a little agitated, it's because she hadn't had much to eat. Yeah, true that. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm a little hyper, it's because I've been tearing up the coffee. And you know what? The black coffee. Interesting. Oh. You know, it's interesting when you drink black coffee, you really appreciate coffee because you, you know really appreciate cream. No, you and don't. whipped cream. No. <laughs> I used to only drink black coffee until right. Starbucks came out with all these little sweet things. Starbucks. Don't but I'm going to tell you them. what, I'm going Ugh. back to black coffee, and now I know how to pick my coffee because you can taste the flavor in the beans. You know what's so funny? You guys, Dr. Stella has always been good at this whole healthy living <laughs> <laughs> black coffee thing, but Jay here likes tacos and lasagna and donuts. I can't lie. So... 
this is definitely a change for me. I mean, I eat healthy most of the time, but this is going to be a real, real test. Well, just so think about it. The if you cl- want to check out Joe, I'm sorry, go to New Body, the number two today. Well, just think about it. If you're closer to the natural element of the food, for instance, the bean <laughs> and the <laughs> lettuce. Really serious. Okay, I'm not supposed to get aggravated. the spinach and the potato. If you're closer oh, to the natural thing, instead of potato, instead of fries, eat potato. Instead, you know, you're just gonna feel better. Gosh, so okay, yeah. The huh. root and the ground. I feel vestments. so much better. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so again, we're gonna have Earl, uh, Earl Jackson on a minute. I just want to tell you, he is amazing. He's done a, a TED talk, so, so we're gonna have him talk about his TEDx. Right. Uh, and it, it's uh, Hampton based. It's gonna be amazing. Some of the things he shares, but one of the things that. You know, Jay, we had talked about the messages in movies, not right. just in animated characters and cartoons and nursery rhymes, but the the d- depth of what they're showing now. I'm, I had a friend of mine whose daughter went to see um, that dinosaur movie just recently yeah. and was in tears because the people died. But have you noticed, though, that... I'm sorry to interrupt no, go you. Ahead, please. But I've noticed that if you really, as an adult, as you get... Grow, once you grow up, you start seeing all of these movies. A lot of the, the 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 animated movies start off with such a bad tragedy, and it, it's like, oh, it all gets better at the end. Well, what's that one up? Oh, up! Oh my, I let's not talk about up. That was tears. depressing. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like you know what? It was amazing. Up. Um. It, it was like, the, what do they have us so sad for? Why do they have to make kids sad? I mean, yes, it's reality. Well, but come yeah, on, well, let's just be happy it. the whole time. One other subject. Yes. Oh, my God. My favorite legend, Maurice White. Who's he? Just kidding. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, my God. He passed. And you know what? He's amazing. That was my favorite. You know what? We were blessed because we went to one of their last concerts. We did go to their concert. And I was, Jay was looking at me, you guys. Okay, so. I was quite embarrassed because I've never seen her act like a That very few concert everyone sings. Oh, my God. Everyone was singing next (laughs) to me. Except me. No, I'm just kidding. I did. We were singing and dancing. It's like, oh, my God. It was like old school. It was so wonderful. She was just a little too intense. The the thing about Morris Morris White is a very few visionaries in the world. The man was a visionary. He put together this this uh, nice group that sang about messages and, and just amazing things. And, and he is a true legacy. I uh, just, I just rest in peace. Uh, Maurice White. I know you're up there in heaven with all the angels. Um, keep your head to the sky. Right. Right. I love that song. Oh, I just bring my chills. Oh, so we're going to, I think Jay it's time for the break. Well, you guys, um, please stay tuned for um <laughs> early jackson jr he's coming back right after this tune look forward to seeing you stay with us
For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. We are so excited to have our special guest here with us today, and his name is Early Jackson, Jr. Hello, Early. Good afternoon, ladies. How are you? We are wonderful. doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, let me tell you, listeners, a little bit about uh, Early. Early is the director for the Great Black, Black Great Black Speakers Bureau. He also is a TEDx speaker. He's written over five novels. He's a social activist of empowerment, and we all know we need to be empowered in this world. Mm-hmm. And he brings balance, skill, and relevance to people and organizations around the country. So we're really excited to have him on. And he's going to be talking about several things, but one of the things I'd really like him to talk about is his new book. And early, you could talk about that and that the book about uh, how children are influenced by characters mm. in animation. Right. So early, you want to share a little bit about yourself first, and then we can go into some questions about what the you book. do in the book. Absolutely. Um, I like to tell people because you know I go to tons of networking events and different gatherings, and everybody asks the same question. They walk up to you and say, hey, what do you do? And I think other than being a rocket scientist or an astronaut, I have a really cool job because (laughs) I tell them I'm an empowerment expert. And they go, what? And I said, well, here's the deal. My wife and I started New Direction Coaching Associates to be a source of empowerment for people across economic lines, across ethical, ethnic backgrounds, and sociological backgrounds because we know that people need to be empowered to mm-hmm. live the best life that they were called to live. And we like to use the word empower as, instead of hope, excuse me, instead of help. 
because the word help, whenever you whenever you use it, it's almost it almost has a connotation of of, of the person receiving it is less than the person giving it. Right. I helped you. You know, we we say we empower people because every single person has this switch in them that takes right. them from good to great, exactly. and every single person has the power. We just show you where the switch is and stand back and let you do it and watch you soar. So we created New Direction Coaching Associates simply to be a place of uh, written empowerment. We we write, we speak, we travel, we do workshops. So we have a few different avenues by which we can empower people, and, and it's just one of the best jobs in the world, I think. I mean, especially, we always talk about that, Jay and I, how it's so important to help people and pay it forward for others and develop people to their full potential because so many people just need that little bit of help or, no, empowerment to get to where they need to be. Right. And it's good that you're doing that. That's amazing. So so in the process of, of developing our business, one of the things that we love to do is share empowerment through our writing. So the first book I wrote was called Groom for Greatness, 31 Days to an Empowered Life. And it's it's one of those books we had it developed where it stands up like a, one of the calendars that you get from Barnes & Noble. So you set it next to your bed or in the, in the kitchen or on your desk at work, and it's 31 days of quick-hitting empowerment um, subjects that, with a funny theme in them because I find that humor is, is, is how I best get out my empowerment. <laughs> so um, it's just 31 days of, of wit and, and humor with principles wrapped around it so that we can really see that we can go from good to great. So that was our first book. My wife and I had a chance to write a book together on affirmations. But the project that we're we're super excited about is what we just have, the book I had published last year called The Modern Princess, 21st Century Guide to Fairytale Relationships. Okay. So tell me about how that book came into play. I know you shared an interesting story with me about um, how that book came out. If you want to share it with everyone. Absolutely. So um, I have incredible children. I have some wonderful daughters. And my youngest daughter, Trelaine, and I were talking, uh, I'd say about two years ago, because uh, she was just about to turn 17. And we were laughing about how much Disney she made me consume. I mean, you name a song, I can probably sing some of the lyrics to it to some degree, to you. I know all the plots and, and storylines. And she made a comment that blew me away. She said, you know what, Dad, I would never date a guy like the guy from Beauty and the Beast. He laughed and said, come on, it was Prince Adam. I remember the story. He, he went from being the beast to this handsome prince. He went, you know, got his, got his looks back, got his, cap, you know, his kingdom back. And she said, yeah, but if I'm dating someone and I'm afraid to have dinner with them and they yell at me and they lock me in a room, that's abuse. She and I was like, whoa, whoa, I never looked at it like that. I mean, it's, it's a cartoon for God's sake. So what I did was I took a step back and looked at the story of, um, Bell from Beauty and the Beast, and I wrote a blog called Fairytale Relationships. Where I was, it was as, I wrote it from a father's perspective, giving advice mm-hmm. to women who who resemble this character. So right. it got the, the blog got so much traction that uh, <laughs> I eventually wrote the book and pitched it to a few publishers. And the book is in three sections. First section is all about Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Second section is Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. And the third section is Snow White. Now, each one of these girls represents a type of woman that would be in the dating field. Mm -hmm. So this is not only just a self-help book, but it's actually a tell-all because I go (laughs) in-depth in in the book into my wayward ways in my 20s with women and dating and all the dumb, doggish stuff that I did. Right, right. 
Yeah, I like that she came clean with that early. A voice of experience. <laughs> so the first section of the book is about Belle. So Belle is the girl who's in love with the guy that's the bad boy. Mm-hmm. She's convinced that with her love, she can take the roughest of guys and change them and convert them to the good guy. Hmm. But in reality, yeah, that's not... that, that, that story. I guess I've been Belle. I don't think I've been Belle. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But I've not, not been locked in a room early. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, now, here, here's the deal about that, ladies, because men, and, and I wrote this mainly because usually when women want to know about men, they typically go to other women and ask them about their men. This is information from the horse's mouth. Men change not because women want us to change. We change when we make conscious decision that better behavior equals better life, and we change. Right. Which means if you ever talk a man into changing to be with you and you give him that, that dreaded ultimatum, either you do this or you're not going to have me, and he reverts his behavior, chances are it's not going to stick because men change because men want to change. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. 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 So Bell is constantly trying to change this. And if you remember the story, Bell's father was an entrepreneur who fell on hard times. And, you know, to kind of move quickly through the story, he ended up switching spaces with Bell. He left his daughter there, and he went home. And the thing that blows me away is that when you look at where our problems stem from, a great deal of them stem from the issues that we had with interactions with our family. Our family is our first introduction to society. It's our first social experiment. Right. And how they treat us is how we treat life. And that starts at a young age early. I mean, that starts in the, as a three-year-old. You're starting to be programmed into your environment. Mm-hmm. Your- those environmental factors really help make who you are or hurt. Make who you are. That our family is where we get our BS. Mm-hmm. And by BS, I mean belief system. <laughs> we, we, we grow that belief system from Petri dish of our families. Mm-hmm. So um, Belle has this issue with holding on to a man that she can change because I can love you back to yourself. And right. that's just not realistic. That that's just and one. It's not your responsibility as a woman to have to love a man into his position. No. It's your we complement each other. We don't have to do that for I each think other. A lot of women look at it as I he has this this uh, the framework of something great. So let me try to mm-hmm. make him that way. When it's yep. why you shouldn't have to do that. And I've been subject. No. Trying to I mean not necessarily change the person, but seeing the potential and and trying to to stick it out to see if they'll be fixed. But ag- agreed, I think that a person's going to change if they want to. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and that's a, that's a tight rope to walk because we obviously know that our, our, as men, we know that our female counterparts, their makeup is maternal by instinct. It's hardwired into DNA. Just like ours, we, we have the propensity to be a father. It's in us. So men, once they get to the age where they learn to manipulate, will play on the maternal instincts of a mate. Mm-hmm. And, and I and think sometimes it's not conscious. I think it's a game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. And, and, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was thinking, she was, uh, my, Ostella was saying that she doesn't think that it's conscious, but I think sometimes when they've learned that they can do it, they keep going at it. Oh, yeah. You know when it starts? Yeah. When that four-year-old, when that four-year-old sees that his mom, he can shift her perspective yeah. on life yes. with his emotions. And she wants to grab her. Oh, my little tiger, it's going to be okay. Come here. I, I got you. I got you. 
And, and it, the clock starts ticking right there, and they go, hmm, I like this response. Yeah. And all through life, young men, young boys have gone through adolescence, and we are looking for that first celebratory moment that we had with our, the first woman we knew, which is our mother. So we, we equate doing something with a reward. So we bring home a good report card. We get cookies baked for us. Right. That instantly creates this connection in our brain with reward. Right. And it's with who? It's with our mother. So yeah. Belle is that one that she, she allows herself to be used because she's, she's steadily trying to fix something within herself as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yeah, that, and, and that's why it's so important that uh, we as parents are good role models for our kids because um, we do take on the belief system, the behaviors that we see. Absolutely. So, and which brings us to the next character, which is Dorothy. Now, Dorothy's interesting because she's the girl, as, as you said earlier, Jay, that's constantly chasing a guy with potential. Look at the story of Dorothy. She ends up in a storm. Why? Because she chased her dog. Now, if you and I were to be honest, how many women do we know who've ended up in a financial storm, who've ended up in a health storm, a relationship storm, a family storm, because they chased the dog? Right. Nothing but the dog in me. Yeah. So now, so now chasing this dog has caused her life to be totally uprooted and she's in a new place and she does what every diva does. She puts her shoes on and she starts walking. She says, I'm going to fix this. And along the way on her journey, she's picking up free straggler. Yep. Oh, oh Lord! I'm like, okay, wait, am I Dorothy now? Wait a minute. I, you know what? You and I, people don't know this about Early, but he's also a preacher. So I'm gonna give you an amen on that one. <laughs> amen, hallelujah! I know. Right? So, so now check this out. Check this out. So she picks up a guy. He looks great, but he doesn't have a brain. She picks <laughs> up another guy. He he's got a job, but he doesn't have a heart. Oh, she right. picks up another guy. He's got incredible talent. He is just immensely talented, but he doesn't have any courage. And what does she do? Her mother stuff kicks in, and she says, I'll fix you. I all know how to fix all you. All of it. She took them all in. Exactly. So now she's got pieces of a man, but not a whole man. Yeah. And then the whole lump of her life is locked up. And in, 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 if I ever meet the wizard, everything's going to be great for me. Mm-hmm. And she meets him and pulls the curtain back and realizes, He's just a man struggling to be bigger than he really is. Oh and that's gosh, the God. issue you know, with women. We're picking up your book. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> tell, well, when you're done, we're going to tell people how to get I mean, this book. I hope the listeners are hearing this because this is excellent right here. Tell you you're captivating me so much right now because now I'm on a struggle. No, just kidding. <laughs> Another thing, this is such a it, it, it's about to get. It's about to get wickedly real. Watch this. Okay. So this is the part of the book where, where people are switch it because the Wizard of Oz wasn't about Dorothy. Right. She's, a, she's a subplot. It's about a man, Marvin the Magnificent, who tried to launch something and failed what he thought miserably. And he, now he lives a life of hidden seclusion, of trying to be more than he is, living out of his bravado. Think of a Kanye. You know, all these other big ego people, they're living, when you see a man do that, that's because there's a hurt man with yeah. dreams that are unfulfilled. Right. So his only expression of knowing how to work through this is to try to project himself bigger than he is. 
So in this part of the book, I really talk about how to deal and how to identify a man who's hurting because we don't cower in the corner and cry because from birth we were taught big boys don't cry, stop crying, be a man, be tough. And then one day we meet a woman and move into an eight by 10 house and she says, you don't ever share your feelings. That's because every time we've ever tried to before, we were told that sharing your feelings made you less than a man. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's that program. So, and I, okay. I, I go into detail because my father was a construction worker by trade. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, and, you know, I'm 44, so my father's in his close, right now he's in his 80s. So there was no um, whole lot of uh, touchy-feely, come here, let me speak into the life of my son. He thought raising a boy meant, you know, punch him in the arm and, Tell him to be tough. Right. And if you ever showed any sign of emotion, he would instantly stop it because it made him uncomfortable because that's not the environment that he came from. Right. Again, right. talking about how things are passed on. Mm. So then you get married. And, and I'm actually, I've been married before, so this is my second marriage. Thank God, my last marriage. Um, but I was married before, and I was ill-equipped because we raise our boys and our girls differently. Mm. Boys need guidance. Girls get praised. And what we do is when there's two parents in the house, typically the mother will love her son, but she'll train her daughter. And that's not to say she doesn't love her daughter. She obviously does. But she understands that I have to train you because I know what it's like to be a woman in this world and things aren't going to stop just because you're having cramps. Now let dad walk in and see his daughter having cramps. He, oh, you don't have to go to school this week (laughs) because we love our daughters, but we train our sons because we know what it's like to be a man and we have to prepare them for manhood. So it works well when there's this overlapping of two parents in the family because we compensate, you know, each other's blind spots. So, so early, what do you suggest? And, and I want you to finish the book because it's really good, but you know, that whole concept with single parenting brings in a whole nother dynamic, right? It really does. And, and what I say to that is that's where you use the uh, power of community because there are people that, that we're, and first of all, we're not meant to do this life alone. We're meant to be interconnected with each other and you utilize the relationships that you have in your life. That's where your uncles come in. That's where your cousins come in. There were people because my mom and dad eventually they, they broke up when I was still before I hit my adolescence age. And I, I was able to be mentored by other people, other men in the family. They, they could lend some type of, um, example to the best of their ability, but I believe that community stands up. If you're connected to religious groups or to community groups, they're a great source of mentorship, both for male and female. And you're absolutely right. That's the, the, the how I raised da- Jacinta because I was <laughs> daughter. I was a single. I was a single mom as well in my community, my family, um, my uh, an extended family. They all help with that. And if it weren't for that, that was. And then I also had to change my roles and my. You know, sometimes I had to be the mom. She actually, a lot of times, let's be real, she was both parents, and you did very well in that. Um, I got dad more than mom sometimes, but. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 yeah, I want to hear the rest. The other character. So we're not done with. Okay. Were we done with. um... Yeah, we're done with Dorothy. So, um, oh, and and Dorothy, the the crazy thing was, she realized in the story, I didn't need anyone to help me get home. I actually had the power my whole time. I know, just and with this, those ruby slippers. What a waste of time. This was the ruby slippers. And, and the powerful thing about that for ladies, I believe wholeheartedly, is that um, the way our society is, and, and through social media, through reality TV, it's almost like 
a woman isn't a woman unless she has the validation of this, this, and this, and this. There's all these stigmas out there that are trying to pump into our heads. This is what a complete woman looks like. Right. And it's total junk, right. absolute junk. You, the only thing that needs validation is a parking um, ticket. As people, we, don't, we have the, the power of self-validation by understanding our purpose. And I believe that once we better understand our purpose, abuse will go down. And by abuse, I mean abnormal usage, because anything that you don't know the purpose of, you will abnormally use it. Exactly. Right. And I find that to be true with the people that, you know, as we do our work in mindfulness meditation and coaching and confidence building coaching, we find that people who don't have a purpose or don't haven't discovered what that is, have the most problem because they don't know <laughs> what, what they're here for. And, and it's constantly trying to say, okay, what is your per- what, what kind of power, superpower do you have? You know, find that, identify that, and then you can move on. And, and all that's locked in with your purpose. Because when you find out why you are, you instantly discover who you are. Exactly. But we are trying to figure out who we are first, and that's not how it works. You need to understand, there's a, first of all, it starts with acknowledging that you're on this earth not by accident. You're designed by the divine, and uh. you're here for a reason. And when you know that, you then it's not a choice of me wasting an afternoon just doing nothing because I'm on assignment because I know what my assignment is. You know, you hit the head. I heard a great talk on that uh, at, at church that we were divinely designed. We are divinely designed. I mean, it, we, it wasn't an accident. So you're actually no, right. We're too intricately put together. We're too wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. To have been a random thought. There's, there's, there's a purpose for the dead skin that falls off of our body. That's purpose. purpose. Because if there was no pur- if we didn't have purpose, things would just be falling off and we wouldn't know what to do with them. <laughs> and we recycle too, right? We go back to exactly. their recycle. Exactly. <laughs> so now so, we're at, so, so we've so we've gotten to uh, now we're well, fight. Oh my God! What does she do? Okay, now, buckle up, ladies, because Snow White... Oh, God. Is the, and you tell me if you know a girl like this, if you've ever met a woman like this. She meets a guy on Monday, and when you see her again Thursday, they're madly in love. She's already moved him into her apartment. She's going to help him get his credit together, and he needs a car. Oh, my God. Snow, I girls like that. I was never Snow White, though. <laughs> you know what? No, no. Here's the deal. Snow White is a girl. No. Snow White is a girl. Dr. Stella had to learn to not be Snow White. <laughs> Check this out. Snow White is the girl who loves the guy that she can mother. There's this thing in her. She wants to take care of him. But if you notice correctly, unfortunately for Snow White, she does end up in the bed quicker, quicker than others. Because That's when you remember the story now, I don't know. I don't know about that part. Oh, really. no, I know that. I know she was taken care of. Um, this is so. a public broadcasting system. Sorry, mom. You already admitted that you're Snow White. Can't take it back. Gotcha, gotcha. I'll keep it. I'll keep it PG. I got you. But if you remember when the dwarfs came home from work, Snow White was in you're one okay. of their beds. Right. So she's the girl that she she loves that control of being able to have a man that she can mother, but she only dates these guys that are a smaller representation of the man that she should have. She's always hooked up with Dopey, with Sneezy, with, with Doc, with Grumpy, you know, all these characteristics of men that don't know how to appreciate her. And the one thing that I've learned about Snow White, she reminds me of an algebra um, equation. So I don't know a whole lot about math. I, I, I struggle with it. But what I do remember from class is 
a zero in the, in, in the algebra equation doesn't carry any value. It's just a placeholder. And Snow White is the girl that always dates a zero. He's not, he's not her mate. He's just a placeholder. And the bad thing about zeros is zeros always are found or they like to be in between parentheses. So I tell ladies when I coach them, you got to watch out for these kind of men because they only want to end up in your parentheses. Oh, my God. Word. <laughs> you just did hashtag truth. Have right you there. ever gone to the church and they don't, they don't clap? They just go. Yeah, that, that, was, that was some spoken word right there. That We're going to give you some snaps. Word. Well, I've learned. Well, I know that so, the good thing is I've never been Snow White. <laughs> she told me profoundly not to be. But as I love it. Early, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. And, and and the thing about it is, when you're dating a zero, a placeholder, it keeps you from meeting the real man of your life. Because the whole while she was playing house with those seven dwarfs. Her prince was, was riding through the forest, frolicking through the forest, trying to find her. And the problem is you're out of position when you're dating men that are absolutely less than the material that you should be dating. It just brings <laughs> you out of You're selling. Well, you know. That's, <laughs> Dr. Stella, that's that, why, did you hear that? That's why sometimes you have to go on a hyenas and not date anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I coach that. I coach that. I talk about dating detox. Because we get so, we're society, we're society that's hooked on having a mate. When you walk into a party alone, they instantly go, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? I wanted to come to a party. I'm like, I, didn't, I didn't need it in any accompaniment to come to a party. But society tells you that somehow your only validation is when there's a man on your arms. But yeah, the reality is, right. until you, and I use this in the book, I talk about um, going through a relational um, corner and actually having a, an autopsy done on your past relationships because you can't bury something until you understand the cause of death. Mm-hmm. You go, you zoom the body, you figure out the cause of death, and you have a proper burial for that thing and get rid of it and say, I'm ready to move on to the next level. But we typically jump from one relationship to the other, and we bring the scars, the, the scar tissue, the damage of where we were before. We track it in like mud, and then we wonder why our floor is dirty now. You know, you're you're talking so so well about this, and you really know it because it's so true. And I had to do that. I had to bury um, my past, and I knew that. After, and if you're intelligent and you you kind of go through the same cycle all the time, you have to realize what do they say? The person that keeps making the same mistakes is crazy. So I realized I didn't insanity. want. To. Yeah, I insanity is, is, is doing the same thing and expecting something different. Same results. So I took a step away, and, 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 and yes, people come up to me sometimes and say, why are you single? Well, because I need to be right now until I find the right person. But you're actually right. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong. Because here's what happens when you're, when you're alone. And alone just means all one. You're, when you're a whole within yourself, you're not, it's not that you're lonely. Now, obviously, you desire company. That's, that's not a bad thing because we're meant to be in connectivity with each other. But the reality is you need time to deal with you. Mm-hmm. I, I use the analogy of the runaway bride. You remember that with Julia Roberts? Yes. She can never get to the fact of how she likes her eggs. Because when somebody asks her, how do you like your eggs? She only likes her eggs the way the man that she was with at that time liked their eggs. So it's Benedict, you know, boiled, scrambled, soft. But, but the reality was she didn't know what she liked because 
as long as she could remember her identity was wrapped in who she was with. And when your identity is locked into the person you're with, that is way more controlled than way more controlled than anyone should ever have on you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So you're coaching um, now the bulk of your business, is it mainly on relationship coaching or what, what is the bulk of the business? Actually, the bulk of our business is on individual and small business coaching. Okay. Um, over the past two years since I've been working on this project, uh, th- this is how we knew we were kind of in our in our wheelhouse because people just started coming to us out of the woodworks wanting to have relationship coaching. Uh, but we have the privilege of coaching um, from a wide different, a very wide spectrum of things, everything from conflict resolution to addictions to uh, major transitions in life and especially in relationships. Okay, okay. And how did you get involved with the Great Black Speakers Bureau? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So the Bureau is an opportunity. I, I tell people, you know, in a nutshell, we're a connector. We work with organizations, uh, and by organizations, that's HBCUs, that's educational facilities, state colleges, nonprofits, for-profits, Fortune 500 companies. We work with them to supply or to fill the need that they have for speakers primarily African-American speakers. So whether it's on um, the subject of diversity or culture in the workplace, we have a wide variety of speakers that we have on our roster that we can fill slots and, and bring into organizations and really, um, you know, bring some impact to that subject. Okay, okay. Well, I, I just have to say, for one, I love, you know, your, your thought process in regards to relationships is similar how, to how I coach and I love the the dynamic of of the fairy tales. And you know, you brought up a good point. I think that at, when we're young and we we see some of these stories, and it's some it's funny how sometimes your children can bring more uh, realization to what's happening than yourself because you're used to seeing these stories. When they say, you know, mommy, why is the mommy always? Why is there always pretty much a tragedy that happens, and then all of a sudden it's good or you know, just just things that some of my children have said to me. It's amazing how we're, we're early on in our life, we have these get prepared because there's going to be so much tragedy, and that you'll have a little bit of happiness toward the end. Um, so I, I love how you I love how you spent this because yeah. it's, it's the truth that it starts off early, and you're you're actually being programmed into being one of these people. Yeah, and I think this is exposure too. Our children are now so exposed, and they have. We give, I think, our children more uh, freedom to make decisions, I think, than when we came up. And I think that that might have something to do with that. Yeah, because we didn't have, we didn't have satellite TV. We didn't have um, Internet. We didn't have um, Wi-Fi. So we watched what the family watched. Uh, if you were, <laughs> you know, when you got a VCR in your house, you were considered, you know, balling. So, <laughs> but there was still a limit on, on how much you could see because you only had a few cable channels. Now our children have unlimited access to news and information instantly. It's, right. it's wonderful in one respect, but it's also pretty scary. It is. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I know, Early, you in your TED Talk, which I thought was, I mean, I, I, I haven't had an opportunity to actually hear the talk, but I've seen you know clips from it a little bit all the way through. But you talked about normal is a lie, and many of us were introduced to impossibilities so early that we never fully recovered. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, when, when I talk, when the TED Talk, it's actually, I, I use a funny idiom that to, 
reveal the truth about life and business. And I talk about the Egg McMuffin, and it's called it's Leadership Principles from the Egg McMuffin. And um, my wife, my, my mother and I, when I was eight years old and things that began to deteriorate in my home, my mom used to take me to school sometimes, and uh, it was a real rough time for me emotionally. So what we would do is a couple of times a week we'd stop in the McDonald's and, you know, she'd get a cup of coffee and I'd get an egg McMuffin before I went to school. And that was our little time to bond. And and thinking back on it now in my 40s, I, I think about how pivotal that time was. And and when I talk about the fact that we're introduced to limitations, a lot of times it's in the it's disguised as keeping it real with our kids or we say we're just going to give them, you know, we're going to tell you how life really is. Well, the problem with that statement is we can only tell life from the perspective that we've experienced it. Exactly. And, and, and you have opportunities, a lot of opportunities for people to shed light on life through their stained glass, you know, uh, dis, mm-hmm. you know, frustration and dysfunction. But my mom had this way of help, helping me understand that life was bigger than the suffering that I was currently experiencing. So when you're introduced to limitations or any kind of belief, you have a choice of whether or not you're going to walk in it as your truth or you're going to reject it. Most of us just swallow things wholeheartedly. But I'm grateful that just in that aspect, she taught me about not not allowing what I was experiencing today to determine my full limitations or my, my maximizing my life. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with your faith, too, um, because, you know, if you don't have a faith that things are going to get better or, or they can change, you know, I know there's... Uh, a, a scripture I like to listen to, and it talks about the season. The life is full of a lot of seasons, right? And and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of seasons that we're supposed to experience. But not knowing that, you know, people think that that season that they're in is going to be eternity, and it's not. Right. And yeah. sometimes when you're it's in, it's like it's going to be. And, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Jay. Say that again. Well, I said sometimes when you're in it, it feels like it's going to be that you're in that everlasting situation. Absolutely. But here's the deal. Two, two principles on that. Um, and, the, and the scripture that you were alluding to is Ecclesiastes 3, where it says there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. Right. And that, that helps me understand two things. One, nothing blooms all year long. And, and when you just, it, that, that, that fact alone can take you to the hill, that nothing on earth blooms all year long. Your favorite flower, your favorite fruit has an expiration date on their, their time parameters set on this. So it, it takes the pressure off you having to be fantabulous and wonderful every single day of your life because nothing blooms all year long. And the second thing is every single, every single season counts. You need every single season you've had in your life. You That's a right. hard pill to swallow. That's a yeah. hard one because I needed the betrayal. Absolutely. I needed to be fired. I needed the heartache because Without those those ingredients, you could not be the whole person that you are right now. And that alone blows my mind. Yeah. And, and supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to go through this. To, it's a learning experience here, right? God put us here to learn. So if you didn't have these seasons, you would not learn and grow. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I've been in some seasons that I'm like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you got the wrong chick. You took it to the wrong address. <laughs> or Lord, why? But I know. <laughs> if we could have a dollar for every why we've ever asked, well, we'd be in good shape. <laughs> oh my gosh, we sure would be. 
So what's on the horizon? I know we only have about a minute now. What's on the horizon for early? Where are you going to be? Tell us where we can find well, you. you got the book. Sure. So the best way to catch up with me is on our website, which is themodernprincess.org. All that, all one word, themodernprincess.org. Or you can go on Facebook and look up Early Jackson. And yes, folks, Early is my real name, E-A-R-L-Y Jackson. The book is in Barnes & Nobles. It's available as hardback. It's available as an e-book. Um, there are study questions in the book. And if you go to the website and log on to the blog, you can actually take part in Tierra Talk which is okay. a forum that we get. I mean, we lay it out there, and we have some great discussions and dialogue. So I'd love to connect with you if you're listening. Make sure you get the book and do the study question. Awesome. Thank you so much, Earl. It was such a pleasure. And actually, you're going to be out in California. Jay and I are going to come up and see you. You're going to be in Valencia, I think. So we'll we'll connect then when you get out here. And uh, thank you awesome. so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to, to have you on the show. Um, I, I love the the way that you've talked. So thank you again so much. I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. You have a great one, and I'll see you on the West Coast soon. Sounds good. You. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. So so now I know. So, now I, so you know what? We have to tell early. I forgot to tell him while it was on. He needs a follow-up book on the woman that tries to be all three princesses because she just is so greedy with doing wrong. No, just I don't even know what that's true. You know, the thing about it is I don't know how you could be. Because one of them stuck in the stuck in who they are. You'd have to change to be stuck in the next person. Well, or, so Dorothy has to get over being Dorothy. To right. Be, so Snow can you White. imagine you go through the whole book? Girl, she's, ladies, she's please. We, we, the book is called Schizophrenia <laughs> with Dorothy. No, with the princesses. With the princesses. But you know what? That early... That gosh, what an that is such so creative. I mean, it's making me lose my my thought process because I was so impressed with that. But it is time now for the word. We have, uh, as you know, we have a word that we actually use uh, and we think about to make sure we can empower people uh, through the rest of the week. We're we are mindfulness people. And we always want to be mindful of some of the things that we do. So one of the things that I think really is and we'll let Jake discover what decide what she thinks what 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 do you think kind of is a theme of uh this show well gosh you know after speaking with early gosh this was so amazing all of the the ideas and the thoughts that he brought across and you know my thought is for the women out there as well as the men what about just be you you know um and and don't you know, don't focus on being a princess. Don't be a princess, guys. I think that's what you... <laughs> don't be a princess. Be you and realize, you know, that you don't have to change someone to make yourself whole. Yeah. So focus on wholeness. Wholeness, wholeness and being you. And being you. So if you could take that word and use it through the week and meditate on Right. It. Just two to five minutes, you know, it, and whatever time you have allowed for yourself and just... Just let the word come in and out of your mind, the things that come into your mind. Just absorb them and let them go. And and know that, you know, there's no wrong or right way to do meditation. It's just taking that time to do it. And it only takes, studies have shown, 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day to learn to meditate and to meditate. So we ask that you do that this week. Try to, you know, we're going into Lent season, right? We're going into season. For some, yes. So why don't we take that time to, instead of necessarily giving up something, 
to give back something to yourself, and that's the gift of meditation. And it was recently Chinese New Year, so you could do it for Chinese New Year as well. Same, whatever the so, so you guys also, we wanted to, for you to get in contact with us and to also um, find out more about Early Jackson, our guest, please feel free to go on to www.strategicladies.com or you can write us at write the number two at strategicladies.com. Again, that's write the number two at strategicladies.com. And make sure, you know, you're always welcome to call in at 310-928-7733. Next week, we have an awesome guest lined up for you guys. And one of the things I also would like to tell you about, we are starting some online mindfulness classes. It's going to be a series of three classes that we're doing. You can find more about that about our, on our website. And we're also doing some speaker training, some speaker uh, confidence building because a lot of many times speakers need confidence in, in their approach and their and their their persona so we're actually building those for you and helping you build those and also the content sometimes if you need content written up feel free to give us a call we can reach out and do that as well so make sure again go to www.strategicladies.com you can find out all kinds of things that we're doing in relationship coaching and things of that sort and find the strategic lady that helps you the most you know yep Well, thank you all. It's been a great show. Thanks to Early Jackson. We love him. Have a wonderful day, guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.